Hey guys, welcome to the Spirits Guide Podcast. I am Rich, your guide to the intoxicating world of spirits. Now, as I prepare to do full episodes of the Spirits Guide Podcast, I do want to keep some content out there. Uh, and so Monday night sample size is going to be a thing going forward. Monday night sample size was born out of a couple of things. It was born out of COVID and kind of born out of the spirits community. Uh, during COVID, we couldn't really get together and have drinks. So this was a way that we could share uh, some of the drinks that we had. Um, and with the rarity of so many bottles of spirits out there and so many people looking for them, you know, there's a couple of bottles that come into the market, but there are hundreds and thousands of people looking for them. Those of us in the spirits community who get it, um, who buy these bottles, not only to taste something good, but to, to facilitate conversations and relationships with other people, it's a great way for one of us to get a bottle, sample it out, and share it with other people, um, even though we couldn't be in the same room with them. Now, if you guys followed Spirits Guide on Facebook, you saw that I used to do this as a video series every week, and it's something we want to keep going. This is going to be sort of my bonus feature every week, and a lot of podcasts you know, they do their bonus feature, their bonus episode a little bit later in the week. I'm going to do mine every Monday to kind of start your week off right. Now, why do I do it on Monday? Well, on Monday, you know, the week is just getting started. You don't want to really crack a whole bottle, uh, but you get this nice sample of something different that you probably haven't tried. It's probably going to be really, really good. And, uh, you know, if you're only going to have a glass of something, why not make it good? Um, and again, because you're only probably going to have a glass on a Monday night, it gives you a little bit more time to kind of break down, analyze, have some deep thought about it and appreciation for it. Um, now if you guys like what we're doing here, uh, if you like what I've been posting on Instagram and Facebook, I promise you there's so much better stuff coming, uh, as we get full episodes lined up, uh, guests that will be joining me. Uh, concepts that we're going to work on. Uh, so I'm going to uh, bring you guys really, really good content. Now, if you like that, if it sounds good, uh, if you want to take this journey with me, go to the podcast page, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on, I don't know, six or seven different platforms. Follow it or subscribe or, or however it is that you kind of get those notifications for new episodes, whatever platform uh, it is. Uh, give us a rating. Give us a review. Let me know what you like about it, what you don't like about it, uh, you can email me at the spiritsguide89 at gmail.com. Uh, let me know if there's something you want to talk about. Let me know if you have samples out there that you want to share with me or if there's something you'd like me to share with you. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram as the Spirits Guide. And uh, yeah, take the journey with me. Uh, look forward to it. So on this Monday night sample size, uh, I got a great sample of some Balvini 19-year Burnwood, Burnhead Wood uh, from my friend Jason. Now, it's Balvini, so I was expecting it to be great as it was. This went far beyond my expectations. Absolutely fantastic. Quick little review. Hope you enjoy it, and uh, we'll chat with you soon. Cheers.
So here we are. It's another sample size Monday night, and I'm excited for this one, as I always am when I get to try new stuff. Now, this sample came to me from my good friend Jason, uh, who knows that I like things more than just bourbon. Um, I like things more than just whiskey, but uh, he knows that I love me some scotch, and so he was kind enough to bring me a sample of the Balvini Burnhead Wood. Um, Balvini to me is. I mean, it's a great distillery in Scotland. They make some of the most solid, most consistent bottlings of scotch. Some of the best things I've ever had, too. Uh, the double wood, the 17-year, the rum cask finish. The 21-year port wood is some of the greatest memories I have of drinking scotch with my best friend Murph. Um, so Balvini has always held a special place in my heart. Now, I don't know why it doesn't always get the uh sort of the acclaim that it deserves i feel like you know when people talk about scotch they talk about the big peat monsters lafrogue lagavulin ardbeg or the sexier bottlings like mccallan uh glenn Morangi. uh but belvini is they're great everything they do is fantastic uh so i'm really really excited to try this I'm also excited because it's got a great, great story. So the Burnhead Wood is part of the Belvini Story Series. Uh, I think there's four bottlings out now and a little quick kind of story with this. So the bottling is supposed to tell a story. And basically the story was the master distiller at the time back in 2000 uh, went out into the Burnhead Wood uh, where there are mounds of heather growing out there in the fields. Um I feel like we never see Heather here in America, but uh, Heather is pretty prevalent in Scotland. And one day he was kind of looking through a lump of kind of uh, peat moss coal and realized that there was Heather kind of squashed into the peat moss. So uh, it gave him some, some inspiration, uh, thinking that maybe this was kind of the original way uh, that the original... Belvini expressions were made. So like I said, Heather grows in super acidic soil at the edge of the water that Belvini uses uh, for this bottling. Uh, and kind of one of the other cool things about this bottling is it's all barley grown in their fields. It's all water, water sourced from their property. Um, and all the peat and the Heather come from their property. Uh, so truly, uh, as they say in the restaurant biz, farm to table. This is all sort of farm to bottle. Now, his inspiration first time out didn't really work. So what they tried to do was when they put the peat coal in the kiln to dry out the malting barley, they just threw the dried heather on top of it, and it basically just flash burned right off. So they kind of played around with it uh, in what was known as the heather trials. And what they came up with was using dampened heather um, and then in the kiln they had these red hot peat coals on top of that they put the black sort of fresh coals that hadn't really gotten that hot yet and then laid the dampened heather over the top of that uh, so those aromas of the heather flowers kind of come up and you know the with with scotch you can't really add anything to it you can't flavor it but you can use whatever you need to use to dry out that peat. Um, well, not to dry out the peat, but to dry out the malted barley. 
which is basically the process of stopping the malting. Um, you've sprouted, you've gotten your sugars and your enzymes. Um, I'm not a scientist and I'll try to keep this quick so we won't get too scientific on it. But basically, if you picture a two-story barn on the second floor, there's all this barley that's starting to sprout. And the way you stop that from sprouting is you heat it up. You cook it to kind of stop it. Typically, what's used is peat moss as coal. Uh, and so they're throwing heather flowers on top of that peat moss. Now, the peat moss uh, in things like Ardbeg, Lafrogue, Lagavulin, that's what gives those scotches that really smoky kind of iodine uh, flavor. So I might expect a little bit of this, although at 19 years, uh, a lot of that peat smoke tends to dissipate um, and kind of mellow into it. Kind of like with beer, really, really hoppy, uh, the old school West Coast IPAs. After a while, those hops will fade. Uh, we were just talking about this with barley wines. When you would hop a barley wine in a couple of years, that the pungency of the hops will fade. Um, so the same thing kind of happens with scotch. That sort of pungency of the peat moss will settle over time. Uh, quick sniff. Smells great like cereal. Um I don't know how much flavor that Heather will impart. And again, after 19 years, if the peat flavor is going to subside, I'm kind of not expecting to get a lot of Heather. Also important of note, the proof on this, um, which for Scotland is pretty close to what cask strength would be. This is 97.4. Um, so they're leaving a little bit of heat in the bottle. Gives it a little bit more body. At least that's what I'm expecting. And for my glassware, I've chosen to use a Glen Cairn um, because it's not over 100 proof. Anything over 100 proof, I like to use a wider mouth to dissipate some of the alcohol vapors. Uh, but I really want to focus the alcohol and all the aromas of this dram um, really tightly into the nose. So I'm using my Glen Cairn. Let's go in for a sip. Wow. That's fantastic. Now, I don't know if it's $300 fantastic. Again, like I always say, anything is only worth what you're willing to pay for it. You know what? As that finish lingers, yeah, this might be worth every penny of that $300. A uh, couple of important stats to kind of tack on. Uh, there were only 19,000 bottles of this made. There were only 1,200 made available for the U.S. market. Why? Because as Americans, we just don't appreciate scotch. I don't know. So we don't get a lot of it allocated to us. So, and again, thank you, Jay, for sharing this. Uh, 1,200 bottles for the whole U.S. market. You factor that down to, you know, divided by, you know, 50 states. It's really not a lot uh, when you think about it. And then when you factor in people who collect these things and yeah, so there's not a lot of it out there. So what are you paying $300 for? Exclusivity, rarity. Flavor wise, which is really what's important. This is really viscous. Um, great body which is kind of what i expected from that higher proof point great great cereal um 
all the the typical flavors that I get from a single malt scotch, uh, that sort of chamomile flour, um, cereal grains, not really smoky. Um, so the peat, like I said, dissipated. But I, and I don't know if this is a, a mind over matter sort of trick, but I feel like I get some of that heather flower in there. There's a, a nice little floral note. There's something. Uh, the more you guys listen, the more you'll, you'll kind of hear me talk about how I taste things sometimes in color. Um, and there's like a, a hint of something purple in there. Um, so like a heather kind of floral uh, note to it. All in all, this is pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, the packaging is great. I looked it up online to, to see the canister that it comes in. So in the, the rating system, is it good? Oh, hell yeah. This is fantastic. This is special. This is something you, this is not a daily drinker. This is something on a special occasion or you're getting together with a great friend. This is something that my friend Murph and I would drink. Um, and unfortunately, we probably wouldn't leave any leftovers. Um, so is it good? Yes. Is it worth the money? I actually think it is. I think at 300 which seems to be the going rate when I look it up online. I think it's worth every penny, um, not only for the quality, but for the moment you're going to have um, with whoever you, you drink this with. Uh, so it, it's special in that way. Uh, does the bottle start a conversation on your bar? Maybe not the bottle itself, but the canister that the bottle comes in, uh, those things always start a conversation to me. So in that sort of three-tier system, this is a perfect three out of three. Have one more sip here. Yeah, that's pretty special. All right, there it is. That's our Monday night sample size. Uh, we'll uh, check in with you guys soon. As always, I am humbled that you guys are out there. You're listening, that you care what I have to say. Um, and I am so appreciative for the great sort of family and community uh, that we have kind of built where we do these sample sizes and we exchange them back and forth. So um, thank you guys all so much. Uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Uh, cheers.